For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hey, Ken, did you watch Raw this week? Uh, I didn't watch Raw. Me uh, neither. Uh, uh, but, hey, I did watch WrestleMania Backlash, and it, it drove the point home beyond any shadow of a doubt that it is now wrestling entertainment. It, it, it's not wrestling. Uh, when, when the lumberjacks were revealed to be zombies, it was like, okay, you know, maybe they ought to just go ahead and change the name from WWE to stand for Worldwide Entertainment. You know, because wrestling is kind of like in the back, you know, of, of the bus, yeah. uh, if you will. And, and wrestling I mean, is history. Yeah, wrestling is history. And by the way, by the way, live, not live, not from New York. Welcome to Wrestling with History. The voice of choice, Bruce Ward, and Killer Ken Resnick. Bill Apter, not with us today. He'll be back next week. He's uh, doing other things. But yes, Ken, wrestling is history in this day and age. You know, I, I while I was watching it, and <clears throat> again, I, I mean, they're still getting, you know, a million plus, you know, fans for, for every TV show, which... Uh, might be down, but, you know, compared to the eighties and nineties, you know, is still <clears throat> phenomenal, but I, and Bruce, yeah, you know, I guess having been in the business behind the scenes, I, I probably watch it a little differently, a little more critically, but like one of the thoughts, at you least know, you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> more than I well, the, the zombies may have kind of been, you know, uh, you, you got to draw a line at some point, but I was thinking back, you know, in the you know eighties and and nineties, just the the philosophy was was so different. For example, if if someone really had a, a high risk or you know move or a high spot. It, it was pretty much theirs. And the unwritten rule was that's theirs. Everybody else stays away from it. Yeah. And, and I was thinking back and we've talked about it on previous shows back when I was in the AWA, when everyone thought Hulk Hogan had won the title from Nick Bockwinkle 
St. Paul Civic Center absolutely erupted. And then Wally Carbo comes out and says, no, no, no. Like 10 minutes ago in the match, Hulk threw Nick over the top rope, which is an automatic disqualification. They gave the title back to, to Nick. And, you know, in this day and age, a, a lot of the talent and, you know, I mean, and there, there's certainly some risk and it's entertaining, you know, go over the top rope out on their opponent who's, who's waiting to catch them. And I was thinking back that like when Jimmy Snuka came off the top rope in his high spot, nobody else did that. Even if they were able to, that was Jimmy Snuka's and it, and it was hands off. Yeah. Everybody does that flying out over the, the top rope. And, you know, back in the day, if you pulled someone's, your opponent's hair, if the referee happened to see it, you automatically had to break the hold. Now you can use hair to win a match. You're finished. Yeah. It, 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 it's, I, I'm just, I, I'm thinking it, it is so completely different and when someone comes up with kind of a high spot finishing move within a couple of weeks, you got a half a dozen people trying to do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, it, it, it's, it, it's entertainment. And, and, you know, I, I realize uh, a lot of the, the younger audience, you know, really, really like it. And, you know, I don't know if an old style, psychology type match you know if they'd be, you know, be chanting boring within five minutes but probably just watching the the finishes and some of the matches i just kept thinking boy this is totally different from what i learned you know i actually it's i i did a podcast earlier today an interview with a guy named brian ferguson and I, I apologize to Brian because I, I forget the actual name of his podcast. I'll get it and, and we'll put it up on uh, he's he's going to send me the video and I'll put it up on our YouTube channel. So if you look at the VOC Nation Wrestling Network YouTube, you can go and check out this interview. But he brought that up, the point about wrestling today being so different than before. And we talked a lot about our show and. I said, the problem is, is that wrestling fans today or fans in general, people in general have a short attention span oh, yeah. and people would not have the stomach for a six month feud or waiting to, to blow something off for a year. I mean, think about Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan that started in 87, right? When they came together, they teased the breakup for two years until WrestleMania five. And and it was huge. But I don't think with the amount of television, you got wrestling on every day of the week. You got Twitter, you got YouTube, you got Facebook. I mean, it's just too much and, and everything is fast paced and analytics in general across all sports are just destroying television and sports watching you think about baseball and basketball yeah. everything's a three-pointer now in basketball home runs and strikeouts in baseball and uh, all passing in football and it's all based on what they think people want to see and it's just disgusting ken it's 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 ruining every single sport i mean what is this what kids like when they when they're growing up yeah, and, and you know maybe it's a attention span, but I think that putting starting extra innings, just putting a guy on second base, <laughs> might be the to me the worst rule ever. Yeah. You know, it, it's like in, in all the other sports. You know, in, in 
in football, if you're ahead and the clock's winding down, you can run out the clock, keep it on the ground, make sure you don't get out of bounds. In hockey, just dump and chase, neutral zone traps, anything to, to, to run out the clock. You know, in basketball, you can run the shot clock down. There's so many. But in, in baseball, it didn't matter if you were ahead one to nothing or 20 to nothing. You had to get 27 outs yeah. to win the game. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That batter that came up in the ninth down by 20 runs, two outs, nobody on, that at bat was still just as important to him because it was about average and, and you know scoring. And each individual at bat mattered where anything in baseball, you had to earn your way on. And I got, I just, I, I hate that rule. Not as much as I hated the zombies being lumberjacks, but yeah. it was close. But, yeah, listen, I can't even pretend to say I watched it. I, and I'll say this, you know, I've, we've talked a lot over the, the couple years we've done this together. I, I do not watch the current product. And that's one of the reasons that I agreed to come back a couple years ago, besides the fact that we needed to do some things with the financials of the network. Uh, and uh, I, I like old wrestling and I, I love old wrestling. And that's what I like to talk about. I still follow the new stuff. You know, every once in a while I'll pop on raw. I usually will watch part of the pay-per-views to just stay current because of this stuff. But I just, I, it's to the point where I can't watch it. I mean, it's so over the top cartoonish, not entertaining, not believable. And just not for me. It's, it's sad to say. I, I, I mean, I've talked about it. Uh, you know, one of the greatest matches I ever saw ringside was a 60-minute draw from the Oak Hill Auditorium in St. Louis with Harley Race and Rick Martell. Mm. Uh, and I keep, when I think back about that, I say to myself, with today's audience, and, and this is not a criticism, that's just today's audience versus the audience back then. I, I'm wondering how long today's audience would last or be invested in that match without getting bored or chanting boring or, or you know, anything else. And I mean, it's, I know I alluded to it once, it's not a criticism, it's like, you know, there, there's certain, you know, a good action movie, a, a good drama, a good mystery. You know, I, I really enjoy it. I'm not into like horror pictures. It's just because not something I like. And it's a completely different audience. And it's, it's working for a lot of the, the, the young fans uh, today. You know what, Ken, here's the, here's the, the silver lining here that people may may be interested in slowing down a little bit soccer is is becoming more and more popular so if people can sit through a zero zero match that goes into overtime why not slow down wrestling matches and slow down baseball and slow down basketball a little bit you know well i i tell you what i i always watch uh we have the Minnesota loons here in the MS. They're uh, really MLS, crazy. MLS, Major League Soccer. Those loons are nuts. But you know what? It's Soccer is great to watch when you DVR it because you can run it at like twice the speed 
And when a goal scores, you pause it, wind it back, watch the last minute, see how it's set up. So you can watch a like, you know, a 90 plus stoppage time two to one game and you can watch it in about 18 minutes <laughs> because you, know, you, you just when something happens. Oh, OK, great. Stop. Wind it back. OK, I see how they score the goal and I'll fast forward again. No offense to the soccer fans out there, but I'll still pass now that we've offended all of the modern wrestling fans, all of the soccer fans, or at least I have. Let's get into some wrestling with history. And this week can with Bill out, I thought it was a great time to, you know, scramble or scrounge through the mailbag and look at some of the things that have come in over the last several weeks, and including some of the stuff we talked about Randy Savage on the last show. So I have some things that came in, some comments, various mediums, and that's what we'll try to do today is get through the the people's feedback on some of the things that we've done over the last few weeks now i, I just want to clarify that was from my standpoint in no way a criticism uh when the north american soccer league was formed back way back in the late 70s and we had the minnesota kicks i was field manager for the oh. kicks i watched I, you know i got a chance and still have a autographed picture taken with i watched pele georgia canalier Franz Breckenbauer. So I loved, you know, soccer back then when you're in person, but on TV, it's like, just fast forward, goal stop, wind it back. And, you know, two hour game, you get in 20 minutes. For the soccer fans that might've been offended, I am the biggest baseball fan in the world. And I think the sport has become disgusting. The Seattle Mariners have a team average under 200. When has that ever happened in our lifetime? All right, Ken, let's start with, uh, this is Chris from Stunt Granny. And uh, it's uh, at, the Twitter handle is at Stunt Cali. And uh, this tweet says, and I don't know when you said this, but but you'll have to tell me. Maybe I don't remember it being on one of our shows, but it did come in. I have my doubts about Ken Resnick's claim that Billy Jack Haynes was the second most popular superstar in the WWF in 1986. I mean, he literally spent his entire interview time asking him questions about someone else's feud. Ken, I can't make heads or tails. Did you ever say that? Is that something? Yeah, uh, I. I, I can't imagine because I I never thought that. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I like, you know, Billy Jack Haynes, and we have stayed a touch a little bit uh, on social media, always got along great. But my God, in, in, in 1986, you, you had Hulk, you had Macho Man, you had, you know, R Ricky Steamboat, George the Animal. I, I, I mean, that would, I uh, if someone had said list the top 10 favorites from 1986 no disrespect but i don't know that billy would have made my top 10 so i i can't imagine ever saying that now he was a big star in portland right I oh mean, yeah yeah I, and, and don owens uh and he was certainly you know one of the the superstars in the wwf but i i can't imagine uh me ever saying that uh maybe when you did an interview maybe on the interview with billy jack Haynes, maybe that was you it, said you know, you know you're trying to yeah, put maybe, him over you know, you maybe said, you know like after hogan you're the second popular <laughs> yeah maybe you know it, it aired on like superstars or challenge or 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 you know tnt or something but i i can't 
imagine me saying that in a separate interview. And, and you're right. That I may have said that, you know, putting, I mean, my job was, you know, whoever I was interviewing, putting them over, um, you know, may have been reflecting on a house show somewhere, so, you know, saying, my God, Billy, the way the audience erupted when you came out, you know, other than Hulk Hogan, I've never heard such a response, you know, during an interview, but I, I can't believe uh, anywhere else having said that. So um, if, if he's uh, or, or she uh, listens to this and, and, you know, wants to respond to you in what context I said it. He has a mustache, so I'm, I'm assuming it's a man. Oh. Chris. Chris. Uh, Ken, when, when Billy Jack Haynes did come in to the WWF in 86, was and, and he, he ended up having a decent match with Hercules in, 80, yeah. in 87, full Nelson master. Was he, was there any bigger plans for him or was he just brought in to be a mid Carter? Because again, he was the guy in Portland oh, for oh, yeah. a while. Yeah. Was, was that, was, was it a disappointing run for him? I mean, he was basically a glorified jobber, right? Yeah. I mean, he was uh, uh, better than that. I mean, he was a legitimate mid card guy. Uh, but remember, you know, 86, 87. Jobber uh, to the stars. That, that eight, was the term. Eight, 88. That's when Vince was still expanding the markets, trying to put the other territories out. So, he may have overpaid because, as you said, Billy Jack was the guy out in Portland, Don Owens territory. And, you know, boom, you bring him in. Well, that's going to help your TV ratings in, in uh, Portland. But, you know, if if they did have bigger plans and, and scrubbed it or never had bigger plans, that wouldn't have been anything they would have shared with me. But nothing that you remember where he was going to be put over anybody huge to make him a big star. Uh, no, I, I mean, you know, there was a, a big buildup, obviously, when when he, he came in, but, you know, whether they, um, you know, ever had plans for him. Um, and also that was, you know, right after, I mean, it was kind of a good gimmick. Uh, you know, the, the movie about uh, Billy Jack, uh, I can't remember his name, his wife, Dolores Taylor, those were real popular. He wore the same kind of hat. So, you know, it, it was a, a, a good gimmick where I think, you know, even fans around the country that weren't familiar with him from the Portland territory could kind of relate to the Billy Jack character. All right. Uh, while we're on that subject, I, I, I got a Don Carnoodle question uh, that you may or may not be able to answer next, but Hercules. Uh, because we talked about that feud. Uh, Ray Fernandez uh, came in uh, with a Ray Hernandez, I think. I thought his real name was for whatever. Oh, but, but I mean, uh, gimmick name was Hernandez. Hercules Hernandez yeah. came in with uh, Fred Blassie dressed up as a Hercules, you know, a uh, mythology type figure and kind of evolved over the years. But he was very, very popular and, and a big star in Florida, never quite made it in WWF. I mean, he had a couple decent runs, but never more than mid card. Was he somebody that you ever thought or that you had heard would be more than what he ended up being? I, I, I thought, you know, just my personal view. I mean, he, he, he had the look, the size, uh, good worker, just a really, really nice guy. 
uh, you know, and when they put him with, with Freddie, uh, I would have thought he would have, you know, gotten a bigger push, you know, somewhere along the line. So certainly more so uh, than Billy Jack not getting a big push. That, that surprised me a little bit. Right. And I mean, Ray was just, a, just such a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he worked face and heel and he, he had the look surprising that uh, yeah. he didn't, he didn't get more. I, I even thought power and glory later on with Paul Roma was a, a decent tag team. They worked stiff. So all right, yeah, just wanted to ask, that wasn't a question, he, but that was yeah, my question. And, and, you know, I, I, I should say um, when like somebody with Ray that you kind of wonder, you know, why he didn't get a, a, a bigger push, uh, Sometimes, like in in all sports, it's kind of a numbers game, and they had so much yeah. talent, you know, back in in, in those years. That you know, it, it's like you can only push and and you know build major angles with so many guys. So I'm sure at some point they said, "Well, we could really do something." But the problem is, who are we going to kind of take the spotlight away from? You know, it's like you can be a, a, a great, you know, triple A player at your position, you know, in, in, in baseball. And, you know, if the major league club has got an all star at your position, you know, it's just it's not going to work there. Yeah, and he had a, a match against Hogan on Saturday night's main event, but but again, yeah. I mean, it wasn't anything more than a, a fill-in match to, to get some TV ratings. But you know, Hogan's big fuse were Orndorff and Andre the Giant and, and Savage, yeah. so never really got that real top of the card spot on a consistent basis. Yeah. But I, I remember that match, and I mean, you know, it, it was a good match. Ray was a a, a good you know right. worker. Uh, but like I say, my guess there was just, you know, a numbers game. I mean, even back, you know, you've got Hogan, you've got Piper, you've got Savage, you've got Steamboat, you've got Jake the Snake, uh, George the Animal Steel. It, it's like, well, to to build him into a major angle, who are you going to take out? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kurt, in Atlanta, Georgia, wants to know, does Ken or Bill – and we're just talking to Ken this week, Kurt. Does Ken or Bill have any good stories about Don Kernoodle? And for those of you who don't know, Don sadly passed away. This, uh, I think it was yesterday, Don passed away. No. Uh, last week. Yeah, last week, the 17th at the age of 71. Uh, and, and it was sad. I, I knew Don and got a chance to spend a, a little time with him. I was very close and, and still am with Sergeant Slaughter and Don teamed with Sarge so many times. Uh, what was even sadder, um, this July, Don was scheduled to be inducted into the George Tragos Luthez Hall of Fame in- You're gonna be there. In Waterloo, Iowa. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know really where, where it stands. Uh, uh, you know, one of the big names, Trish Stratus, is supposed to be there. Well, the, the border is still closed. Uh, it turns out that uh, they were uh, Sheik Adnan LKC, who we've had on the show, uh, is probably the guy I'm closest to in the business, um, is, was scheduled to be inducted and come in. And now uh, I just learned coming in from Hawaii, still 
you have to have a, a, a negative test and quarantine to, to wow. leave. And then to come back, you have to have a negative test and be in quarantine before you can come back. So I, wow. I treating it like another country. Yeah, I, I, I don't know uh, what the, the logistics are. Um, you know, I, I was looking forward to, to being there, but um, yeah, I haven't uh, heard anything definitive. So, you know, I don't know. Well, sad, sad to see the passing of Don Carnoodle and our hearts and prayers go out to the family of Mr. Carnoodle. Uh, Ken, let's, uh, let's use this opportunity. We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with more listener uh, interaction. I was going to say questions, comments, concerns, whatever. Uh, Ken Resnick, Bruce Wirt, Wrestling with History on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bill Apter has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill Apter's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was an LA champion. You know? Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did have anything to do Well, yes, but the whole thing is this. If the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. All right, back here on Wrestling With History. Worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Visit vocnation.com. Redesigned, all new, and you can check out all of our talent. I, I'll skip the rundown because if you're listening ad-free, you don't want to hear me do that. Uh, vocnation.com, our newest member of the family, Wes Briscoe, official part 
of VOC Nation. And Ken, it's you and I this week, Bill Apter not with us. I want to hear some good news. We've talked a lot about a lot of bad news. I'm going to give you some good news, right? Good news is the gathering is happening in Charlotte. Good news is the vaccinations. Um, we talk about COVID vaccinations and the number of breakthrough cases. And I think people, anytime you hear about a breakthrough case, they trumpet it up on the news as if, oh my God, the vaccines don't work. And remember, you get your flu shot every year and it's only got a 60% chance of actually being successful, less than that most of the time. 10,000 cases out of over 100 million shots, almost all of them asymptomatic, right? You had, I think, 1,300, which were in the category of semi-serious, only 18% of those people died. So, I mean, just minuscule. 10,000 um, cases out of 101 million. That is less than, I think, one hundredth of 1%. So they promised 94% effectiveness. That is far exceeding our highest uh, expectations. So shout out to the big pharma out there. And I, I get my second shot. It was supposed to be yesterday, but I came down with this nasty cold, not COVID. Uh, my kids got it. All of us tested negative for COVID, strep, and influenza. And um, my doctor said, eh, if you know, just for your own sake, wait an extra day. And um, so I'm going tomorrow and I can't wait to get the second vaccination. And I, I'm one of these people, Ken. I don't care if anybody hates on me. I've worn my mask my entire time, but I'm burning all of those puppies as soon as this is done. <laughs> well, the, the, and the, all I'm going to say, is, and this is not a, a, a far right statement or far left statement, yeah. the, the one problem when you said that the media is trumping, you know, the, oh. this, this um, and, 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 and the, you know, that's not a pun. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is right now, what anything happens, the media trumps it. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> I know. But it's like you hear this, uh, you know, vaccinated senior citizen in nursing home passes away with COVID. And, you know, none, needless to say, he was 94 and had, uh, you know, lung cancer and uh, half of a heart. And, and, and you're right, the efficacy rate of the vaccine, shout out to Dr. Anthony Fauci, which tells you I've watched way too much of him on the news when I'm using the term efficacy rate of the vaccine. Well, it's all about the variants, Ken. We're concerned about the variants. You have to protect yourself, wear your mask, double mask, triple mask. Uh, take the mask off if you're vaccinated. You know, I remember those those variants, the mask guys. What promotion were they in? <laughs> All right, we digress. Uh, the gathering. So uh, July twenty sure second to the twenty fifth, Charlotte, North Carolina. Go to Martin T Mart D'Amato Facebook or T Mart Promotions dot com. It, it, to call it a convention is an understatement. It, it, when uh, T-Mart does it, it's more like a family reunion. If you're watching Great on time. video, VOC Nation Premium, patreon.com slash VOC Nation. I'm growing my hair out to try to get on that super ticket. Trying. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get back to some questions. And uh, I got to close out the Phillies one. I, I was sure you, you were growing your hair out because you were up for some part in a movie, you know. My you wife, were, maybe you were hoping to be one of the zombies on the next WWE pay-per-view. 
here's the God's honest truth. We're on vacation, right? Uh, we get stuck. Uh, I was, we were down in the Carolinas visiting my, my uh, family um, <laughs> to give away too much information. I have somebody stalking my, my parents. Uh, God, God bless them. Uh, we're down in the Carolinas visiting family and uh, I hadn't got a haircut. I, I'm usually like every three weeks and um, normally my hair's more to the side. And so my wife just like messing around. She's like, your hair's getting so long. She puts it in a bun, you know, like the, uh, the man bun. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I, I got a hat and then I just started like shoving it back, putting the hat on. And she's like, I like that look on you. It's a little <laughs> like a little, little Jersey shore look, but um, you know, keep it for a while. So when I got my hair cut, I just did the sides and uh, I got like the wrestling thing going on. So maybe I'll get on a super ticket. Who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, ever since uh, our erstwhile partner, Bill After, got his hair cut, he's been like been nowhere to be found. And, and I've heard it's because after his haircut, he's been tormenting every karaoke bar on the East Coast. <laughs> only you <laughs> poor bill by the way speaking of bill uh different styles on on youtube says spreading the word about the voc nation youtube channel that bill after is on this channel great clips guys thank you different styles shout out to bill after he'll be back next week if you're waiting for bill there's a guy named scott Salagi on youtube scott i would read this but it's about four paragraphs make your comments a uh, lot shorter. It's a, it's a lot to read. Ken, I, I was started to read this to try to screen it and I was going to try to make sense out of it, but uh, I can't. I can't. So Scott, if you can condense this, I'll come back to it next week and, uh, and I'll read something else from you. Ken, here's a good one. John from Denver, Colorado. This is via email says, is it true? <laughs> I swear this is a legitimate question. Is it true that Macho Man by the Village People was originally considered for Randy Savage? I've never heard that one. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, the song Macho Man w was out, you know, before Macho Madness uh, came out. I, I, I've never heard that. And I, great song shout out to the village people but i just can't equate the macho man with the village yeah. people song it yeah just, the character it, it and the person yes. and the, now maybe for beefcake if if, if if beefcake played the macho man character yeah right because he he had that kind of gimmick when he came in that might have worked but randy i don't know if that would have worked yeah. <laughs> very colorful though randy is yeah, I, I tell you what, you know, thinking back about it, you know. His, <laughs> no way, his, Vince McMahon. His entrance, I mean, did the song pop and circumstance not just go perfect? Oh, it, you can't. Yeah. Nothing better. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you can't even say, I mean, they changed his music in WCW at the end and just not the same. I mean, wow. that that music and that man go together like like I, uh, I mean you know that was one of Linda the and coffee as, as soon as you heard the the first couple beats of pop and circumstance the crowd would just erupt yeah uh it 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 uh yeah peanut butter and jelly go pretty well together but the macho man and pop and circumstance may have been an even better fit <laughs> 
Macho Man and the Village people, not so much. Uh, Okay, Chris, 5053. Why wasn't Greg Gagne a bigger star? Um, You know, I, 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 I have to say this, that Greg was a great worker. Um, I think part of it was maybe Vern's reluctance to give him too big of a push because nepotism, nepotism, his son. And also, um, you know, in the eighties when, you know, the AWA and Greg was in his heyday, you know, that's when the, the really the big man was very prominent, you know, in wrestling from Andre, from Hulk, John Studd, Paul Orndor, as we talked about, you know, Ray Hernandez. Um, and, you know, Greg legitimately was about, a, you know, a 190 pound guy. Um, so I think it, it was, you know, those two uh, factors probably more than anything. People watching on video see me laughing, and uh, Bill always calls me out when I do it. But you know, I can't, I can't resist. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, <laughs> Burn, Burn, <laughs> Burn wanted to put over Helmet Gunman, but he, <laughs> he waited until the very end. <laughs> I'm sorry, I could say it with Bill not here. Bill would yell at me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know. I'm sorry to the family of Helmet. We'll move right along. I mean, you talk, and one of the things I've said is, <coughs> you know, is that whole scenario was um, that really the last, you know, public thought of Vern was, you know, him killing, you know, that man uh, in the nursing home. And, um, uh, you know, Vern, you know, had his good points and Vern certainly had his bad points. But um, when it comes to wrestling, I mean, you know, he was a legitimate Hall of Famer. And it was just sad that that's kind of the, the last comments, uh, you know, associated with Vern. Yeah. And people will, will, you know, kill me or, or you hate on me because I my laughter is not has nothing to do with the actual man dying. It's tragic. And um, I mean, they were I mean, thankfully, they both lived great lives well before that. Hopefully uh, we don't know much about Helmet, but the the, uh, the laughter was more the setup. And, and it's not on it was edited out of the show. But the setup was that that was Vern. We were doing a, a kind of a retrospect on Vern Gagne. And I led into this with Bill saying that Vern's final match occurred in this nursing home. And Bill's looking like, I, I'm not familiar with this match. Who, who is this guy? And then I said it, we paid it off. And, and um, I'm hysterical the entire time. I mean, literally. You're going to be getting hate mail yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, Bill, my, my Fauci and my after sound very much alike. I mean, it was sad. This guy was a, you know, Holocaust survivor and it was just the the whole thing was. Yeah. Tragic. Anyway, Greg Gagne, uh, just too small for the time. Right. I was, Uh was, I, I, I wasn't a big, uh, I think the AWA wasn't on, it was on ESPN, but well after, uh, the 
heyday of the AWA, but was Ganya a high flyer or was he? Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, you know, uh, we were on ESPN, you know, in in 85 uh, with Pro Wrestling USA. Uh, Greg teamed with Jim Brunzel. They were the high flyers, AWA, you know, tag team champions. So, you know, he got um, that push in terms of, and, you know, they were tag team champions for, for quite a while. In fact, uh, they held it, uh, you know, memory serves for a long time. Uh, and then Jim for real uh, got hurt in a match and it was a number of months. So, you know, they were stripped of the title because, you know, they couldn't defend it, but, and then they came back and, and won it again. So in, in terms of uh, tag team, the high flyers, uh, Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel were very successful in the AWA. And of course, you know, Jim went on, uh, was very mm-hmm. successful in WWF, uh, you know, as part of the, the Killer Bees yeah. with Brian Blair. Brian Blair, who is the head of the Cauliflower Alley Club these days. So shout out to Brian Blair. He actually was on In the Room with Brady Hicks not too long ago. So a good guy. Thank you, Chris, for the question. Uh, Jack Farrier, Oakland, California, via email. Did Ken Resnick have heat with Okerland? Did Okerland push Resnick out of WWF in the 1980s? Um, I, was, yeah, was Ken I, I intimidated or was uh, Gene intimidated by you? Like, did he feel like there was only big enough for one premium announcement. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think I, I had heat with him. Uh, certainly never in, in any of our interactions. And, and I guess my answer to, to that uh, would be no, because when they brought me in, when, when Vince hired me, uh, you know, Gene was still there, uh, was going to be, you know, taking some time off, you know, had a couple health issues uh, he needed to deal with. So, you know, he couldn't keep up a, a full-time schedule. But I think uh, if I had had any sort of heat with Gene, there was a lot of other guys they could have, you know, brought in. So, you know, I would, I would say, you know, not that I ever saw or that I was uh, ever made aware of, um, and then once Gene decided, uh, he wanted to come back to, you know, uh, uh, full time, you know, he, he did so, you know, Gene Okerlund, I had no idea, uh, you know, the stories of some of the drinking were legendary. And when I first started doing this and, and we had the radio show in Philadelphia and I was traveling and doing the conventions, I interviewed Gene Okerlund and I had no idea how much he drank or liked to drink. And, you know, I mean, was fairly intoxicated uh, most of the time that he was at some of these things, but what I, you could smell it, right. But but, having two organ transplants because you kind of burn through the First one. <laughs> but, but the thing is, the thing that I was amazed, being a broadcaster, um, especially at that time, and really the art of radio and how, for me, being sober-minded and being able to be quick on my feet, to interviewing Gene and knowing that he was intoxicated and seeing him pull it together. And I mean, when he was talking, it was like nothing happened i mean he might be slurring out outside of that conversation but um just i i just thought about 
and I heard later from others that, you know, he, that was his whole life. He, he was, um, he was a big drinker and he could put it together when he needed to. And yeah. uh, I guess Gordon Soley was similar. And um, I think that's amazing, Ken, because yeah. I mean, that, I, that's not a, I don't know if that's something that you want to aspire to, but that's a, an amazing talent to be able to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gene's sense of, of timing, uh, Gene's expressions, his comedic timing and, and off the cuff. Um, and, you know, I've talked about it even when I followed him uh, in the AWA. Uh, and again, you know, when, when I was hired in the AWA, Gene was there. Um, but Gene w was so good in so many of those areas that I knew I could not try and mimic Gene. So I just kind of made the decision that, you know, in, in all the interviews, you know, I would play it absolutely straight. Uh, you know, I wouldn't try and steal the, the spotlight you know, from the, the talent that it was my job to uh, put them over. Um, and honestly, when I, you know, see a lot of the old interviews uh, I did, uh, people post them on social media or send them to me that they're on YouTube, um, I probably erred in being a little too straight because sometimes the, the talent would say something that was just, you know, really outlandish or outrageous. Um, and I purposefully muted my response to it, where looking back, I probably should have been a little bit more reactionary to, to what they said, but I was always really concerned about not, you know, trying to, to upstage them. Um, and we've talked about it. I think that uh, as I, you know, my interview style, even when I got to WWF, um, I think some of the guys that maybe weren't as good a talker as some of the others, um, got a little better because they became a little more comfortable with me knowing that, you know, I was not, you know, if they were fumbling around, I wasn't going to try and upstage them. Yeah. Well, and, and, I, I can see where you're going with that because maybe it cost you a few years, a few more years in, in the big spotlight of WWF and, um, or, or a return back when, when Gene, I mean, remember Sean Mooney ended up taking Gene's spot and, you know, you had fans like kids like me at the time. And, and uh, I remember, and I was a teenager probably, but I, to me, I was when Gene exited for WCW, I kept waiting week after week uh, for them to bring back that Resnick guy. And I'm sure there's a lot of people like me that, you know, I mean, that's what you did when you were a kid. You saw the syndicated show. Jesse's gone. Roddy's there. Uh, Roddy's gone. Is Jesse coming back? Um, yeah, I really haven't talked about this much. Uh, but when Gene left again, um, Vince flew me back to New York um and rehired me um huh. we got everything money you know start everything and he said look we're going to be making some changes and you know i was in his office and he told me about uh the, the problem was and again this was before cable where everything you know every interview was market specific 
he said, and there were just so many interviews that he said, we're going to, you know, tape talent and then have you kind of in an event center, plugging the city, plugging the cards, throwing to the talent, going back and forth, although once, you know, and then you'll be able to interject in every market. We had it worked out and he said, it's going to be a, a few weeks before we announce it, but we got a deal. You're coming back. Uh, everything worked out. You know, I flew back and uh, never heard from him again. Wow. And, and had uh, you inked a deal, but, or. Well, I mean, I mean, we, we shook hands on everything. And in fact, um, when I was leaving, I stopped to see, a, you know, a few people that I had known from before. And then Vince came out and he came up to me and he said, hey, he says, now we got a deal. You're not going anywhere else. We got a deal, right? And I said, yep, absolutely. And then never call back, never anything. Wow. Yeah, now did you try to follow up and and they went I silent? did, you know, I called and it was like, you know, I, I've said, um, when you're there, I mean, boy, you know, they they treated me great. You know, I I I can't say a single thing, but when they decide, you know, they they don't need you, they kind of forget your name. Um, and maybe sometime I'll get into it. And then uh even after that. Uh, about a year and a half later, I got another call. Um, it was from Bruce Pritchard, basically, you know, acknowledging it was a real mistake not to bring you back. And we want, are you still interested? We're making some changes. You know, you keep coming up. We'd love to have you back. You know, are you interested? Da, 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 da. And it was kind of like, oh, and wondering um, in the meantime, if you could help us with this project, which I did, got everything done they needed saved them a lot of of money um got it all done and and the story so wow you know um so i, I think you almost told that story and, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna mess with bill and bill hijacked the story as you were getting started it was and, in the show about vince mcmahon yeah, you're right. and, yeah. And was so, like so it was like you and I both know. Yeah, it's like Animal House. When Bill gets on a roll, you just let him go. And, and listen, I I know there's a lot of we love Bill. He's our he's our crazy <laughs> uh, crazy brother. So uh, nothing that we're saying that we I mean we know that he's going to hear it first of all, and that we wouldn't say when. Well, hopefully we can get him out of the karaoke bars in time for next week. Yeah, what's he doing? I mean, this is three weeks in a row. And by the way, we're sorry that we were out for a couple of weeks. Actually, we should have came back last week, but I was stuck without gas in uh, in the south after that crisis and then my my kids got sick and it was just a nasty situation my parents have a small little single uh house uh down there in the south and just uh not a great place to do a podcast that's for sure so all right moving on um Interesting stuff with Bruce Pritchard. We'll have to talk more about that offline. And uh, shout out to Bruce on Something to Wrestle, one of the top podcasts in the world for a long time. All right. Uh, we did the uh, Jack Ferry. Thank you from Oakland. XOXO1644. Does that mean she loves us or he loves us? Uh, 
something like that. Kisses and hugs. Uh, did Elizabeth ever speak out against the way she was being treated by Randy? Did WWE silently allow abuse? That's a loaded question. Um, can we even answer that? Um, the well, the, the answer part the first two is was, no, no, yeah. uh, because Randy wouldn't let her. <laughs> uh, you know, the um. Uh, I mean, you know, they were married and uh, it's, well, as you know, you've seen, uh, for those that saw the Macho Man biography on Annie, they did such a great job. Uh, Didn't paint him in the greatest light. It's, you know, a lot of people that were fans of his thought it was a little bit unfair. Uh, even Hulk, who was as big a star admits him trying to kind of stick his nose into that was a big mistake. So if Hulk said, I wish I would have never stuck my nose into that, you can imagine that nobody else at WWE was going to, you know, get in between what, you know, they were doing. But, um, you know, that, that would be my answer. No, Liz never said anything because Randy wouldn't have let her. You know, if that happened today and, you know, it's a good thing, I think yeah. there would be social media, yeah. there would be suspensions. And I don't know if she had a bad life. She might've been okay with the life for at least at the time yeah. she might've, that might've been fine. And he might've been protecting her from uh, people that he didn't want her to be subject to. And I, I don't know. We don't know. Only Randy and Liz know what was in their heads, but uh, the optics aren't so good, Ken. I, I, I think to, to, to sum it up the, the best way I can, um, Randy protected Liz from both some real and a lot of imaginary threats. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be the, the best way. Amen. And uh, bringing it home this week, James L. in Kentucky via email, was Ken ever considered for ECW? Any contact, fan of the product? Uh, no, I, I was never considered. <laughs> um, I shared that uh, WCW flew me down, uh, talked to me, but some people knew I was coming, some didn't, uh, and, and nothing came of it, but uh, never had, you know, yeah. any contact uh, or, you know, was never reached out to by uh, ECW. And, you know, as you I probably said, weren't a fit for that kind of product. They, that was a, a different different than your style you, yeah, you were and, more straight man than than they and, and you know ecw really you know again before cable really wasn't on you know right. out in the midwest that was you know far more of a you know east coast uh product the, the wcw thing we talked about that if you go back we did a a retrospect on uh, basically a summary of Ken's career. The first couple of shows that we did together back in 2019. Very but, short summaries, short career. You know, it's funny because you, you went into this, right? I had to, co I had to coax you into agreeing to do the show. My co-host left, you know, I had just come back to VOC nation. I wasn't running it again. At that point, I was just helping Brady out because I built it and I, I had the keys to the kingdom and I think he wanted some financial help from me as well. Got, got, um, 
what am I doing to myself? My wife uh, could probably murder me for diving back into this. And now we have a new website. We have all this technology. We're doing video. Well, anyway, long story short. So my, my, my first co-host uh, had some family things to tend to. So I called you up and I'm like, come on, Ken, you got a good career. Um, and you're like, nobody wants to hear my story. I'm like, you don't understand. And listen, two years later, you have to admit, there's a lot more to your short career on TV than you thought we could pull out of you. I, I remember, you know, we hadn't, you know, just communicated in a number of years. Yeah. You know, when I got your text reading, you know, you're going back, you're doing Vox Nation. And I, as I was reading it, I'm thinking, okay, he wants me to be a guest. You know, he's a great guy. enjoyed it. You know, I'll, I'll do that. And then I see him co-host and i was like is he nuts <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say um you're on the big board here somewhere ken uh where is with, it with uh jimmy hart from yeah. cinomania yeah uh you were on here uh-oh wait, wait a minute hold on there it is there it is right oh, okay. ken jimmy me cinomania i was gonna uh, say the board didn't change what happened yeah. did my wife swap pictures when i wasn't looking I, I was going to say, when you say you had to coax me, then oh, there's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but look, years later, here we are. Bill Apter's in the family. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, back on that show, you told a story. And if people don't want to go back to listen, you can summarize. WCW, right? The uh, well-organized machine that they were, uh, they brought you down. And then one hand didn't tell the other that you were coming in, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, you know, they sent me a ticket. I flew down to Atlanta. Um, you know, and this was pre 9 11. So I thought, well, okay, I got off the plane. I'm kind of looking around the gate. I thought there'd be, you know, somebody. And, you know, there was nobody. So I kind of, well, I, well, I went out to the curb and was standing there and nothing. Uh, and then, you know, I called the WW, the WCW office um, and, you know, told the girl, I said, I'm not who, not sure who I should ask for. Here's who talked to me. Um, you flew me down. I'm here. There's nobody to pick me up. And she had no idea. And then track somebody, they said, well, we've got a room for you at the CNN, you know, center, uh, hotel. Uh, can you just take a cab and we'll reimburse you? And, you know, so I do that, you know, I, I get to the hotel and there's a room and I go up to my room and I'm kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I call again and they go, oh, yeah, uh, uh, meet so-and-so uh, downstairs and they'll take you to the center stage or whatever the theater was on, on Peachtree. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of get there and some of the people recognize me and they're like saying, hey, Ken Resnick, how are you doing? And I'm so, so what are you doing here? And it was like, so finally, uh, my only addition, not even doing an interview, somebody just said, hey, uh, we want you to uh, call play by play of this match, which play by play was, you know, I never felt was my real strong suit. And I, I, I did one match, uh, you know, and, and, you know, from kind of an alternate, you know, audio setup. Um, Who'd you work with? Do you remember? It was just me. Oh, just you. Yeah, just, you know, solo. Uh, and it was one of those, you know, it was just 
uh, it might have even been a dark match. So I had no background. I didn't know if there was a feud. I, I, I didn't know. I mean, literally, when the two guys came to the ring, the, the crowd reaction was the only way I knew who was a baby face and who was a heel. Wow. Uh, you know, and took me back to the hotel. Uh, and they arranged for uh, a car service to take me to the airport the next morning. I, I came home, never heard anything. It was just bizarre. Yeah, know? who was 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 it Jim Ross that was in charge of I I don't think it was Jim because when they whoever called me, you know, when they told me their name and they were with WCW, it didn't, you know, Jim Ross, I would have certainly recognized the name. This would have been like 90, 91, something like that, right? 93. Yeah. 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 Um, and it was just, it, it was just really, um, bizarre. Uh, sometimes yeah. it has nothing to do with wrestling. I'll, I'll tell you a great story about, uh, when I did roller jam and I did some real head scratchers. Well, listen, in an alternate universe, in an alternate galaxy, Ken Resnick was part of the Monday night war. <laughs> all right uh, a lot of fun this week make sure keep sending us stuff listen i i know we don't get to it every week we've been trying more consistently to get to it the first 15 minutes or so of the show you can tweet at voc nation you can tweet at resnick after voc uh either one of those on twitter uh, at voc nation gets a lot more press and has a lot more uh followers so encourage you to follow us there you can email <laughs> yeah the new website's up you can comment there and every show that we do gets posted so check that out you get a recap and you can comment there and then uh email uh, bruce at vocnation.com or uh you can do admin at vocnation.com they'll all get to the right place and uh we have we have fun reading your stuff and 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 when when we have down weeks like this where bill's not here to keep us grounded ken and i can just have a bunch of fun with the uh, the mail. So keep it coming in. A any big plans for you, Ken Resnick, the rest of the week? Um, looking forward tomorrow night to uh, watching uh, the Wild and the Las Vegas Golden Knights and Stanley Cup action. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm going to be watching the Sixers in the NBA playoffs against the Washington Wizards. So go Philadelphia. And other than that, just trying to stay out of trouble, which I've been doing a lot of recently through no fault of my own. I'm not sure what the problem is. <laughs> there we go. All right. That's it for this week. Thank you for hanging with us. I uh, hope you come back. Tell a friend. Tell your neighbor. All of the VOC Nation shows are on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network podcast feed. Subscribe follow like on your favorite podcast app completely free if you want it commercial free go to voc nation's premium channel it's patreon.com slash voc nation it's three bucks a month support us and uh help our talent make a few extra bucks in their quarterly checks for killer ken resnick i'm the voice of choice bruce Wart. we'll talk to you next week right here on wrestling with history for over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, 
former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation.